Hey, good morning, everyone. So, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm a bit loud today, as you can probably tell. Oh, you guys have suddenly all gone really quiet. Wow. Okay, I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, can everyone stand up again, please? Sorry, I know you just sat down. Now, we, we got to keep with protocols and all that kind of stuff. But So from your seat, can you turn to your right and say to the person, I give you the joy of Jesus right now in your heart. I give you the joy of Jesus right now in your heart. Because I woke up with that in my heart this morning, so full. I was so blessed by it. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can sit down again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. Uh, um, before I begin, I just wanted to share with you a little funny story that I heard. Uh, apologies if you were in the first gathering because you heard it. Um, so there's this woman, she's a nurse in a, a children's hospital on one of the wards. And one night she's at the nurse's station and she hears a little boy talking. And uh, he keeps talking for quite a while. So finally the nurse, she goes on the intercom and said softly but firmly, all right, Johnny, it's time to go to sleep now. Fine. 30 seconds pass, 60 seconds pass, and then little Johnny says, okay, God, I will. <laughs> and he didn't, she didn't hear a peep from him the whole rest of the night until the morning. Uh, okay, it made me, made me smile anyway. <laughs> okay, so today's message I've called, you're hanging out with who? Um, I realize that the term hanging out with may not be familiar to everyone, so I just want to clarify what it means. I think in Bahasa, it's Burgaul, I, I believe. Uh, but so in English, hanging out means like to associate with. Uh, maybe an even easier way to think about it is your friends are who? So hopefully that kind of clears up what I'm talking about. I didn't want you to not know what hanging out with uh, meant. So today I'm going to look at this subject primarily from the viewpoint of and looking at the teachings of Solomon in Proverbs 13 verse 20 and of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. Now we'll look at a number of other verses today but basically everything is going to relate back to these two. And I have a little confession here to make, uh, to make here. I have to admit that when I put this message together for today, um, I actually, I had, I had a slight doubt that maybe it was not the right time for today's message. And so I prayed over it, and I asked God this question. God, is this the right time for this message? The response was immediate. Uh, I was actually lying down with my daughter, putting her to sleep. It was nice and quiet. And I asked this question, and the room was dark. And right away, God shared a vision, a vision with me. Shared me a vision of a young man. Uh, I'm around early 20s. And uh, he was running away through what in England we call a pasture. Uh, Psalm 23 also talks about a pasture. So a pasture is basically just a green field. Now he was being chased by a gang of men who, well, they really didn't look like they were chasing after him for fun. And the young man is looking backwards, and I'm seeing through his eyes. And the other men, they're carrying sticks and clubs 
but pretty obviously the intent was to, was to harm him, was to hurt him. Now, as I'm sure many of you know, uh, Psalm 23 starts like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And the Passion Translation says it like this, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Now, I've got to tell you, in this vision, this pasture really did not look much like a resting place for this young man. But then, he looks forward. And in the middle of this pasture is a church. I know it doesn't make sense, but it's God's vision, not mine. So, you know, I can't say it's wrong because it's from God. The young man runs into it, and he's safe. The gang of men, they approach the church, but they don't come in. And the young man yelled out at them saying this, I thought you were my friends. Then I knew that this was indeed the right time for this message today. So the point of today's message is twofold, basically. First, we're going to look at the wisdom of the Bible on this subject, and there is lots. And we're going to look at the perils and the pitfalls of associating with fools and bad company. Okay, now, I, I want to say I'm not being judgmental here. I'm merely quoting the terms that are used in these scriptures that we're going to look at. Uh, and we're going to look at how the Bible defines these people. Why? So we know what to watch out for. And then we're going to look at the positives of not hanging out with these people. So the verses we're going to look at today is Proverbs 13, 20. Uh, I've used the NLT translation here. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. The Good News Bible puts it this way. Keep company with the wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. Then in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians uh, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 33, Paul gave us pretty much the same message. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So why did I choose these verses? Well, one reason is very simple. Unfortunately, I know from very personal, firsthand experience just how true this truth is. And I'm guessing that probably a number of you here today also have some experience of this. I don't think many of us get to go through life without experiencing something like what I'm talking about here. Uh, I'm sure that all of us, at some time or another, we've all come under the influence of what our friends and our family, especially parents, have probably described to you as a bad influence. You all heard that term? All heard that term used, used at you? You know, some of you are probably having flashbacks right now, seeing your parents going, don't hang out with him. He's bad company. Don't hang out with, hang out with him. He's bad influence. For all you ladies here, I'm sure pretty much every time you brought a boyfriend home, you probably heard this from your dad. No, 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 no. He's no good for you. He's, he's a bad influence. You can't hang out with him. So we've heard it many times. And really, this is what Solomon and Paul are talking about here. And I believe that we, as followers of Christ, 
uh, as people living in the pursuit of righteousness, of being right with God, I think their advice is something that we should pay attention to, something we should take heed of. Why? Because, well, this advice from these two men is, of course, advice from God. I want to put a modern-day perspective on this a little bit, okay, on this wisdom from Solomon. So I just want to have a look at the, the, the value of his wisdom uh, and who he was. So if you think about it, Solomon was actually both the richest and the wisest man in the world during the time he was on earth. So I think that qualifies him to give us good advice, right? All right, question for you. How much do you think that an hour, just one hour, with these people I'm going to mention, would be worth? Now, love them or hate them? Uh, I know some of you here love some of these people. I know one or two of you here hate some of these people. But I think we'd all agree that spending time with these people would be very valuable to us. I'm talking about people like Tim Cook of Apple, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, uh, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. Okay, like I said, some of you might love some of those guys, some of you might hate some of those guys, but they've all contributed, you know, and I think time with them would be very valuable from a spiritual or ministry perspective. Again, how, how valuable would a one-hour-long session be with someone, say, like Pastor Craig Rochelle or Stephen Furtick or Bill Johnson, uh, John Piper, Francis Chan, to name a few. If I haven't named your favorite, I'm sorry. I apologize, but you, you get my meaning. But, you know, these people, they're all, they're all masters of their industry, I didn't really know what to call the pastors masters of, so I said masters of their craft. Um, kind of the best I could come up with. But the point is that time with them is extremely valuable. And why? Well, because we would hope that our lives would be impacted by them, right? We would hope that something from them would rub off, rub off on us, yeah? Something really positive. And that's what, it, what Solomon was talking about in chapter 13 when he basically said, another translation says it like this, become wise by walking with wise, hang out with fools, and watch your life fall to pieces. That's a pretty strong one. Become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools, and watch your life fall to pieces. So just like spending time with the wise can impact us positively, which we will come back to later. This is not going to be all doom and gloom, okay? Uh, we'll come back to the a positive impact a bit later. There is, of course, an opposite action and reaction to this. Namely, that spending time with fools can and will impact us negatively. There's a truth that's going to come up, I think, on the, on, on the screen We all spend time with people daily that whether we acknowledge it or not, are influencing our lives. Think about that for a minute. We all spend time with people every day, whether we acknowledge it or not, 
they are influencing our lives. So I think that we better choose wisely when deciding whom to spend that time with. So I want to go a little further. I want to look at who Solomon is, is describing, who he's talking about when he talks about fools that we should not associate with. So jumping forward to Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 23, verse 20 and 21, Solomon says to us, don't associate with those who drink too much wine or with those who gorge themselves on meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will become poor and grogginess will clothe them in rags. I'm kind of thinking that these are definitely some of the people that Solomon was talking about to us, not to associate with. Uh, just in case you're not sure of some, of the some of these terms, a drunkard is a person who drinks a lot of alcohol a lot of the time and lives in a state of drunkenness uh, most of their life. A glutton is described in the dictionary as an excessively greedy eater. And grogginess tends to come as a result of these first two. So it means that they, it's somebody who lacks clarity and focus. And yes, it's usually related, quite often related to those first two. Um, related to sleeping too much and laziness also. So in this verse, Solomon is really warning us against spending our time with those who drink, eat, and sleep too much. But I don't think it's just like those three things specifically. I, I, I don't really think that's it. I think that his point is that he is saying that these people, they lack self-control. And that their lack of responsibility will rub off on us if we spend too much time around them. Okay? So, let's put it another way. Don't fool yourself into thinking that hanging out with the wrong friends, with fools, with bad company, don't think it cannot take you away from God's best for your life, because it really can. And if we choose the wrong friends, we will eventually travel down the wrong path. And we always say it's going down. Uh, countless people, and I knew quite a few people, who wrecked their lives by connecting with the completely wrong crowd of people. So how do I know about this? Well, quite simply because I was very nearly one of these people. Um, I want to share a bit of my own testimony with you guys now. Um, the reason I want to share this with you is so that you understand why this message today is important to me, why I think that this message is important to share with you today, uh, but also so that you kind of get an understanding that I know a bit about what I'm talking, talking about here. Um, when I first lived here in Bali, a long time ago now, uh, and actually even still at the time when I, when I met my wife and before I was born again, I'll be very, very honest with you, I used to like, I really liked to have a beer or two, or 20. Yeah, 20 was not unheard of in a day. Um, so I really fell into Solomon's category of drunkard. And at this time, I had very, very wrong friends, really bad friends. 
Um, but if I wasn't working, I lived basically to drink and to party. Now, I thought I had a bunch of really good friends, really cool, you know, really great guys. But they were only my friends, I realized later, as long as I was paying for their drinking and their partying. And I learned later that at this time, I really had no true friends at all. Indeed, actually, rather than being my friends, they were actually ruining me. Um, those of you that know me quite well here know that I, I like to focus my life, my thinking, my talking on the goodness of God. I very rarely mention the devil because I don't want to give him any time. But I do have to say that at this time in my life, the devil was really very much at work in my life here. And it reached a point where I nearly died from the drinking. I was, I was that close, that close to dying from, from drinking. And my life only started to turn around when I completely disconnected from all of my so-called friends and gave up drinking. Uh, this happened only by God's grace, seriously, because I, I had no relationship with God at that time. I'll be very honest with you. This is, this is going, back a long, going back a long time. Um, but thankfully, my wife did. Otherwise, my life would have been ruined. Uh, as I said, I almost died, and I was basically bankrupt. And, uh, sorry, excuse me. And you know why? This was all because of hanging out with the wrong people. All because of hanging out with the wrong people. I nearly died and I had no money. Basically bankrupt. That's how serious this issue can get for you in, in your life, okay? Um, the footnote is that through God's mercy and God's grace, that time was about 15 years ago now. And, uh, and I've never had a drink of alcohol since. And even more amazingly, my wife is still with me. <laughs> That's the really amazing part. So uh, I say thank you, Lord, for those two things and many, many millions of other things. So, this time actually in my life actually reminds me of Paul's words in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah, that time really reminds me, and um, this verse really tells me that I have to share this testimony with people because I have to boast gladly of my weaknesses. Now, there is plenty, plenty of advice on this topic in the Bible on who we should not be hanging out with. And I want to highlight just a few of the verses that advise us on this, okay? But I want to say first that the fact that there is much advice on this matter in the Bible it really highlights to me the importance that God places on us hanging out with the right people. 
and the fact that he wants us to know it. In 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 11, Paul tells us some of the types of brother or sister that we should not associate with. And some of the ones that he mentions are drunkards, revilers, uh, greedy people, and swindlers, to name just a few. Uh, you can look that verse at yourself to see the, the full list, if you like. And he even goes so far as to say that we should not even eat with such a one. I mean, wow. Uh, a reviler, by the way, is somebody basically who likes to gossip, who talks in a hostile manner about people, so basically gossiping. But I think this is pretty clear, yeah? Paul is telling us who we should not associate with. Why? Because he is rightly afraid that this type of bad company will corrupt Christians into sinning also. So we must not associate with them, meaning they shouldn't be our best friends who we hang out with all the time. Uh, <clears throat> as we saw earlier in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul, Paul said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And whether we think that we're above it or not, eventually, it's very likely that we end up becoming like those that we hang out with. And also, we often end up doing the same things as they, as they do. So if we keep hanging out with them, with those who live for and give into the temptations of the devil, then we often end up doing these things too. Uh, if you're the parent of a teenager, you know this term, peer pressure. Uh, that's what they call it. Um, and it's something I think that most parents are scared of. Because uh, one of the things about humans is that we want to fit in, right? Who wants to be the person completely outside of everything? Nobody. As humans, we want to fit in. So we can easily end up doing things that we actually don't really want to. Why? Because we don't want to be the uncool one. You know? Really, who wants to be, oh, there's David, the uncool one. You know? Nobody wants to be known as that person. We all want to fit in. So, you know, people will say things like, go on, just try it once. It won't hurt you. Oh, go on, it's okay, it won't kill you. Oh, go on, try it, try it. Seriously, you'll love it. You're going to love it. Yeah. You've probably all had one of those things or all of those things said to you at some point during your life, growing up especially. They may be talking about drugs or getting drunk or something sexually immoral, but they can ruin our judgment very quickly. And we can be, we, we can be deceived if we're not careful. You know, it's so much harder to resist temptation to sin when those around you, when your circle, when they're already doing it. Very hard to say no to it if everyone that you're hanging out with is already doing everything because eventually you end up being like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to be the uncool one. I, you know, I don't want to be the only one not, not doing it, not trying it. Okay, I'll try. Bang. And you're on the way down, you know? So what's the best way to avoid this? Easy to say. Not so easy to do, but the best way to, to, to avoid this is don't hang out with these people in the first place. Don't put yourself in that position where you can be tempted. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, gives us more insight on this. Now, 
I didn't really notice this till a couple of days ago, but this is Psalm 1, not Psalm 67, 83, 104. This is the first Psalm. And it's the first verses of the first Psalm, verses 1 to 3, that gives advice on this topic. So it made me think, wow, you know what? The placement of this makes it something really important that God makes sure is making sure we really want to know. And it says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you see it, but here's a great promise from God in here. Look at the last line. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. This is an amazing, beautiful promise. Uh, the NIV Bible commentary explains this verse like this, okay? It says, whatever he does prospers. So at the end, the description shifts over to express more directly the consequence of faithfulness for the human being who delights in the law of the Lord. Like the well-watered tree, such a one rooted in the life-giving water of God's Torah, law, will know fruitfulness. The term translated prospers here has more the sense of be successful, bring to a successful conclusion, like the tree, the work of one who is rooted and grounded in God's guiding word is also fruitful. So you see, God is not just saying, live like this because I said so. Not like most of our parents did, probably, when we were younger. Um, God promises that if we are faithful to him and don't hang out with the wicked or sinners, don't associate with fools, then we will be successful. We will prosper. We will be fruitful. So, church, I really want to urge you today to have a look at your life right now and determine if there are any people that you are hanging out with who have been sent to bring you down, to bring you to ruin. And if you realize that, that there are, well, then the Bible tells us that we need to do something about it because no good can come from it whatsoever. Okay, so enough of the dark stuff, David. Now, <laughs> let's have a look at the other side a minute, okay? So there are, of course, crystal clear advantages of choosing the right friends. So I just want to give you a few of the advantages of choosing the right friends. Firstly, you get the safety of wise counsel by choosing the right friends, Okay. When you, when you surround yourself with the right people, you'll receive the right feedback. Um, when you ask for advice, you will get good advice, you know? When you ask for, yeah, just everything. When you, when you let these people into your lives, if they are the right friends, they will make your life so much better, okay? 
When you're around the right people, basically, you hear the right things. Second clear advantage for me is, so if you remember my testimony, uh, the second advantage is that you will have true friends when you need them. My own experience of hanging out with the wrong crowd was that, like I said, when I really needed a friend for help, there was no one there. They were only good time friends. That's it. Just friends if you had money for them to party. So when you hang out with the right people, you will have true, true friends. And a true friend will always offer help and will be there for you. Uh, this is why at ICC, IFGF Bali, we are really, really strong advocates of our connect groups. Small groups. If you're not from this church, if you're new here, our small groups, we call them connect groups. And we're continually trying to create more of them. We're continually trying to create, to, to grow them, uh, to raise more leaders through them. And I think that this type of community is so important in a person's life. In the good times, you may not really realize it, but trust me, when life hits a hurdle and you need true friends, then you will really, really see the benefits. So I'm going to plug our CGs, our connect groups. If you're here today and you're not in a connect group and you want to be, and I think everybody, <laughs> I think everybody that ever comes to this church and more should be in a connect group because of the community it gives you, okay? So if you're not in one of, the, one of our connect groups, um, you can see one of our hospitality team members after the gathering. They're the guys wearing the blue t-shirts that say, uh, how, how can I serve you? How, how may I serve you? Uh, they're all around in here. They'll be out in the lobby afterwards. If you don't want to speak to one of them, then you can just go to the website, iccifgfbali.org. Right on the homepage, you'll see a bunch of links, and you can click the one for connect groups. And um, that will come to us. It'll tell you how to join. And then we will hook you up with the right connect group for you. Don't think, oh, but I live here. There isn't one. Yeah, or I'm this type of person, there won't be one for me. Trust me, we have a lot of connect groups, all different areas of Bali. We will find a connect group for you to fit into, okay? So again, go to the website or see one of the hospita hospitality team members. And please don't hesitate with this because I, I really, really think it's such an important part of your life as a disciple of Christ is to be surrounded by the right community of people who will help you grow and will not bring you down. They will always be here. I, I think that once you've been in a connect group for a short while, you actually really won't understand how you were never in one. Okay? Uh, my, I, I, I lead a connect group myself. Um, been going for about four years. And wow, I'll tell you, me and my wife, we... We really could not imagine our life without our connect group and with the family that is built, built up in there and everything that they bring to us. Uh, thirdly, with good friends, you remain sharp. So one of the greatest benefits of having godly friends is that they keep you sharp. You're able to grow together. Again, this is part of what CGs do. Later on in Proverbs uh, chapter 27, Solomon said, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. 
if you want to remain sharp, surround yourself with sharp people. And lastly, I think this is self-explanatory. I'm not going to explain it. They help make you a better person. I don't think that needs any explaining. So so in closing today, uh, I actually want to mention another sermon, a sermon that I heard about three years ago. Uh, It made a really, really sharp impression on me. It contained a message that I know I will never, ever forget. And it revolved around nine words. That's it. Nine simple words. That's what this whole message revolved around. Those words were these. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Nine words. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Who you associate with and who you hang out with is really an integral part of following that great advice. If we're not careful about who we choose to align ourselves with, who our friends that we hang out with and seek counsel from are, we can actually be unknowingly, unwittingly inviting the devil to come and take a seat at your table with you. And I'm pretty sure that's something you don't want. So... I'm going to urge you again, be careful, be aware, be wary of who you hang out with. Be mindful of Solomon's advice to us all. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Uh, I want to close in prayer with you guys today. Can I ask you to stand? And I I, I want to close in prayer related to the the message, uh, relating to the message as as well today. So if you would all just bow your heads in prayer prayer with me. Father, we thank you for blessing us be able to choose our friends wisely. Father, we refuse to surround ourselves with undisciplined, uncontrolled, and irresponsible people who will pull us down their wayward paths. Father, we rather choose to surround ourselves with fellow children of God, with disciples and followers of Christ, of righteous people who aspire to be more like your Son each and every day with people whose heart is for others and who humbly put themselves behind others and serve both you and their neighbors. Lord, we trust that the godly characteristics that we see in their lives will rub off on us and we will become better for it. That we surround ourselves with the right people. We hear the right things. We receive the right influences and we become the right person, the one you desire for us to be. We declare this by faith. Church, as we say goodbye, I just pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And most of all, that he give you peace. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Happy Sunday.